Hi. <laughs> I don't want to miss anything, man. We're recording this from John the beginning. John just started to record right when I hopped on the fucking call. Um, yep. No, no warning. God, no warnings today. It's you're insane. Um, instant off-roading. Yeah, seriously. So, uh, I am a few minutes late to this because um, I had to watch episode five of Foundation this morning. Don't say anything. And it was really cool how I honestly thought the um, the love scene between Captain Kirk and Darth Vader was really <laughs> tastefully done. Spoiler alert. Lots of intentional eye contact, which you would be surprised at because of the helmet, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really special when he removed it for Kirk. <laughs> um, <laughs> he only does that for, for people he really yeah. likes. Do you... Do you think Darth Vader fucks? <laughs> oh yeah. Like what is that? Totally. Like, like really though? Like, do, do, do you do you think he's just is like, hey? So do you think he's just like like I'd like to see Vader like wine and dining people? Like, hey, mm-hmm. come back to my castle on Mustafar. Like, what does mm-hmm. it look like for Vader to be romantic? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about any of these things. Uh, we're supposed to talk about something like a like a monster podcast or something. Well, this is this is episode six. Yeah, what are we doing, John? What what's what's going on? We made it. So we've had five episodes. Mm-hmm. We decided to do two seasons a year to kind of break things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is because Kevin, our very talented illustrator does something called Drawloween mm-hmm. every October. And so every single day during the month of October, he, along with a really cool community of illustrators, uh, draw a monster based off of a, a, a list that they share collectively. So he's a little bit tied up drawing things. And uh, we decided for this month to be sort of a nice midway point for us to do a little bit of a wrap-up. Uh, and talk about the past five and monsters, the, yeah, um, and the guests that were on the show. And so, yeah. So Kevin's our illustrator, um, and he is killing it in this Halloween project. Mm-hmm. My favorite is uh, Moon Goon. I don't know if um, that one's really you've good. Seen Moon like Goon? Uh, I yeah. really recommend everybody. Please go check out. Um, Kevin's Instagram. It's uh, yeah. It's just Kevin Tudbull. It's K E K yeah K E V I N T U D B A L L. Check out his illustrations. He has a ton on there. Um, mm-hmm. Just some fantastic stuff. I'm actually looking at it right now. So um, yeah, yeah. I think he just posted the uh, X-ray kid today. Yeah, I think that one's my favorite so far. X-ray kid's fucking great. I love the eyes. Yeah. Um, I also love the mushroom he's just, boy. He's just a ball. He's a Kevin Tud ball of talent. He is. Fun Gus. You know? Day six is Fun Gus. That one's good. Uh, yeah. Well, it's Fun Gus. I'm pronouncing it Fun Gus from Kipo and the Wonder Beasts. Um, nice. There's a. It's like a cartoon about irradiated, among many things, irradiated monsters, and there's this fungus called fun gus and he's just this <laughs> fungus that with a big smile um like anyway sorry like I, I didn't mean to get distracted so please go look at <laughs> at kevin's stuff um and while he's tied up mm-hmm. john and yeah. i are gonna chat about yeah. darth vader's sexual proclip i mean we are going to talk about the uh-huh. other uh-huh. monsters we've encountered so far Yes, yes. And we're leading to something really awesome that we will unveil at the end of this episode, which you will probably have seen the illustration for. But basically... Darth Vader's other helmet. What we've just... Yes, Darth Vader's weekend helmet. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, Hawaiian print. Ooh! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So basically... Uh, we have all these really interesting monsters that Kevin has been illustrating that we've been developing for each of these episodes. But 
our guests are pretty amazing themselves. And so we've decided to collectively come up with a monster slayer that basically represents uh, all the guests from each season. And so the one that we've come up with is Solver. And basically the concept that as a designer, we're really just problem solvers. That's what we do. And we're creatively solving problems. And that can really span through a number of different fields. And as a problem solver, you have to work your way through these design monsters to get your job done well and be a happy, balanced person. And so our guests have really done a great job of showing us how to do that. And so we've created this Norse god, dual hammer wielding solver. He solves it all. Um, he does. How, so like looking back on our uh, previous um, monsters, which constitutes our season one so far, um, how, how do you think Solver's going to tackle something like uh, Scope Creep? Scope Creep. Well, we had Cheryl on, Cheryl Isaacson, film director, our very first guest, and the monster was Scope Creep. And this Solver Monster Slayer did a really great job of actually teaching us how to slay tame and Which is a Cheryl Isaacson original phrase, trademarked. Anytime you see slay, tame, love, that came from Cheryl's brain. Mm -hmm. And she gave it to the Solver, and the Solver put it in his, you know, Monster Slayer tool belt. Yep, yep. And so basically, you know, the, the way that this, this happened was, was first understanding, you know, what's going on and taking down the concept of what a scope creep is. Uh, basically, the idea of, you know, when we're working on a project and the client comes to us and they say, hey, we actually need to do a lot more. And we start to get this anxiety and we start to feel uncomfortable with the fact that this project is growing. We weren't ready for it. Uh, it's not a fun place to be. But if we start to make sense of that, we start to tame that monster, then we realize, oh, you know what? This is probably just the client being really happy with what we're doing. And so they want to do more. And so once we have that realization, Cheryl taught us that, you know, there are a lot of really cool ways we can actually proceed with that and give them options and echo that enthusiasm and excitement for us to do more work, to solve more problems. And, you know, a lot of us have probably come up against that and have have probably done a great job of doing that. But there are, I think, some of us that are new to that concept. And I know that for myself, when I was first getting started, that can be really scary. And you don't know what to do because you think in your head, I have to do more work for the same price. Or I have to do more work within the same amount of time. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -mm. I think there's some freedom there to to push past that. One of the things I really um, appreciated about... Uh, our chat with Cheryl is she was sort of outlining okay well this is this is how you create a ceiling for the current contract or project mm-hmm. you're on and if the work exceeds that ceiling there is a system in place where the client can get more work and you can get paid more get paid for the additional work um, mm-hmm. whereas you know especially when I was starting out so much so much of the sting of scope creep was just exactly what you said, you know, doing more work for the same price. Yeah. Um, and so solver, our Viking Norse boy takes a hammer to that. He's like, listen, I wish I knew a Norse word. I would say like, listen, <laughs> guy, <laughs> I don't. I. I don't. I'm. I think I have Norse blood in me. So like, I. Sh- so this should be this a little bit more natural. Yeah, but, but unfortunately, it's, not. it's just. I'm just like. <laughs> anyways, so. But the hippie Santa Cruzian. Brain that you might have right now. Um, is like, <laughs> uh. Hey man. <laughs> you got Friday brain. I do have Friday. <laughs> I have John just <laughs> pressed record. Yeah, and yeah. uh i um yeah but you know our, our solver and on tuesday i was basically like hey brian we're gonna record yeah. something on friday fyi heads up yeah he is jesus christ this guy <laughs> um so 
Yeah, but I, I do like how our solver is like, listen, here is he gives us our a warrior's shield, and the mm-hmm. warrior's shield protects us from scope creep. He's a big dude. He's a he gets out in front of these monsters for us, and he's like, and he's like barrel chested. He's like, he's like thick. Mm-hmm. He's a thick boy. Yeah, he's Thorish. He's, he's very but, but Thorish. like, but not. He's like not. He's Hulkish. Not, he's actually more. I was Hulkish. gonna say he's not like Chris yeah. Hemsworth. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. No, no. Like, leave that Abercrombie as much as I personally appreciate all <laughs> six of his packs. But he's the strongest Avenger, apparently. Um, Hulk thinks the same thing. So yeah, Captain Marvel will slay them both. But so there's a there's a great Thor rendition from. Uh, the people doing um, God of War two, and Thor, that Thor is like a thick, a thick man. And I still haven't played one. Well, I've you never know, played we God all of War. have our I character to do defects, it. John. And <laughs> soon, this is soon. I actually want to replay that. Um, I've been knee deep in other games, but are you playing any games right now, John? Besides throwing me on this call? I am playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh! How are you enjoying that? You're the one that was like, dude. Oh, I did do that. It is amazing. I absolutely love it. It is so much fun. I can't believe I never... Well, I haven't had PlayStation for a long time. Until you graciously gave me your old PlayStation when you got your new PlayStation. I I moved... Much appreciated. I, uh, I broke up with that model and started dating a sexier model Mm -hmm, Uh, i have mm -hmm. a playstation 5 so what do you think about horizon zero dawn what's one of what's a favorite thing that like comes to your mind well the i think the overall story is super interesting you know the fact that it's it, it it feels futuristic and tribal at the same time i think is really amazing the world is really fun it's beautifully uh crafted and that's always my favorite thing because I'm not I'm not the big like okay I need to like play this on the hardest whatever and I'm I'm gonna go rush into every battle and fight like I just like navigating through the story I'm always like the sniper person because I like just like calm chill like gameplay um, I love that you can program these digital beasts and and override them and and ride around the world on them I also love like how many monsters like these digital beasts there are and you really have to mechanical monsters that you really you can't just like blast through like you really have to like go a few yards look around make sure you're safe handle your business and then keep moving i think that's really fun it is it's it's great it's um one of the things i love about that game is it made the apocalypse beautiful um so often you know so often (laughs) we we when we think of apocalypse stories we think of these wastelands and these desolate ruins and mm-hmm. um horizon zero dawn's like yeah but what if what if it was beautiful what if all those ruin ruins had ruins had greenery and flowers and years and years totally. of growth um yeah it's great okay so sorry that was my aside um what's our who's our next monster what was our second episode egomaniac yeah Egomaniac. Egomaniac. So who is our guest for that, bro? Oh, that was Kevin <laughs> Tudball. Um, yes. Who, the one and only. You may have heard of him. You may have. From like three minutes from, ago. Actually, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that episode. Uh, it was great because it we kind of had a conversation around, yes, there's client ego, but there's also our ego. And um, I thought it was, yeah, particularly helpful and insightful to just, like, dig down and, like, okay, well, how the fuck are we getting in our own way as problem solvers Um, and as artists as well? Um, So our our monster for that is this dude with a giant fucking head that is – the head is so big he can't – it's just dragging it on the floor. It just just drags so it. So yeah. yeah. our solver comes along with his hammer and just knocks that head right off the floor and 
knock some sense. No, knock you, some you know? sense into him. That's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Some humility. He has some sense in his utility his belt. His hammer of humility. Yes. <laughs> and just he does it, and writes uh, his little head. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what what what's cool about this monster too, and why we wanted to do it as our second episode, not just because it was Kevin, but we really wanted to double down on the concept that these monsters are not clients and they're not even us or our coworkers. They are these demons that are hovering around us. Little foreshadowing to the next monster. And they are causing us to not do our best work. And so, you know, we're never trying to bring anybody down at all. If anything, we're trying to empower people in a way that not only shows us how to to you know, slay, tame, love these monsters, but separate them from from us. We don't have to be the bad guy. Our clients aren't the bad guy. Uh, there are these forces that are working against us at times, but there are a lot of really awesome ways that we can solve these problems. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is kind of a fun question to think about, and we can delete this what I'm about to ask, but, and maybe I should have asked this for ego main, uh, sorry, for scope creep as well. If we were to look at any pop culture characters, who would you say is plagued by the egomaniac demon? Mm. I'm thinking Loki. Yeah. Yeah. That he, he, Loki for sure. He, he battles, sure. he battles some of his demons. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what the show is about, right? Yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's literally, literally like about his ego and his. You know, he's a he's a megalomaniac. He is megala ego maniac. Oh, that was the other point I wanted to make on that too. You know, ego maniac was a good one for us to use to make that point that this stuff is outside of who we are because. In a way, like designers probably deal with ego much more than our clients because you know it's really easy for us to just be like, yeah, we're we're awesome. We make really cool <laughs> things. We make really badass products or write some cool words, but we're, that's not really the point. The point is to solve problems. Um, I think there was something that we retweeted recently uh, from Erica Hall about. You know, designers really need really need to understand business problems, essentially, in paraphrasing. But that's something that we need to solve for, business problems. And that might not be the most, like, cool, slick, interesting thing, but when it really plays out and we design for those things that we really need to design for, mm-hmm. we can really only do that when ego is just out of the picture. But the solutions always look so amazing. And they, they come in interesting places, you know, like... She she tweets throughout her feed about how well designed Craigslist is because it hasn't changed. It's what it is. It's always been what it is. It stayed the same. It, I mean, it's people use it all the time. It works. It's good design. If they, it's not maybe the most pretty, but John, it is pretty. John, I'm saying right now. I'm saying right now. If they move the missed connections page in Craigslist, <laughs> society might in fact. Really, it might crumble. It might we might enter into Horizon Zero. I might. I will crumble. How else? How <laughs> else am I going to try to find that hot man that I saw on Pacific Avenue the other day, tripping balls <laughs> and um, ejecting a little too much uh, spittle from his. Mouth mm-hmm. as he danced. Um, yeah. Are you describing the egomaniac? No, monster? I'm describing my misconnection. I think we had a connection. Uh, <laughs> Is that what we're going to use these podcast episodes for? Find a husband for Brian. Yeah. Yep. If yep. you feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me put my party Darth Vader helmet on. <laughs> Ready to go. Ready, Ready to go. Um, okay. So then Friday, Friday Vader. So. Hashtag Friday Vader. Ooh, yeah. So our next, our next monster that we slayed, we did so with the help of Chelsea Kinley. Um, uh-huh. We slayed the Hoverer, 
Chelsea Kinley is an amazing, amazing visual artist. Um, Mm-hmm. Gonna Absolutely. have to plug her shit again because she's just incredible. Her paintings are phenomenal, dude. So please check it out. She's uh, Chelsea Kinley. Her Instagram handle is uh, Chelsea C H E L S E A Kinley K I N L E Y. Um, just yeah, it's been amazing watching her do art. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she yeah. really freaking uh, lent us a hand in. Um, dealing with the hoverer who is inspired by my favorite kaiju king Ghidorah. one of my mm-hmm. favorite this three-headed dragon dude um and uh yeah i i think one of the things that i resonated most with chelsea's solve for um the hover was focusing on um empathetic communication and just being like yo this is where i'm at and um taking these steps on like how do you prevent somebody just like or not prevent but like how do you create space well yeah 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 i don't know like creating space for like maybe we don't need as many lurkers in figma and google docs and all that and like yeah and i think it's it's sort of twofold like how do how do you work in a way where you can sort of proactively prevent that situation from happening again you know it's not the 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 sort of you know design leader client creative director whoever it's not them who are necessarily the hover but they're sort of being you know possessed by that monster um how do you proactively avoid that but also how do you sort of embrace it And part of the conversation was about understanding where that comes from. And the reason why I even was like, hey, Chelsea, do you want to be on this episode? It's because Chelsea and I work together at the same agency, uh, agency called Y Media Labs or YML, abbreviated. And it's a, a digital product agency. And we have been working together on some things. And I'm pretty sure there were some moments where I was sort of hovering over her. And we unpacked that in the way that, you know, during the pandemic, we're all working remote. Uh, I was hovering in Figma, and I'm sure a lot of you out there have experienced that where, you know, you're pushing pixels and you're moving some things around and you see all these cursors kind of coming. <laughs> and when you know it's like someone really high up and their cursor's right next to you, it's it feels like someone is over your shoulder hovering. And, you know, there were times where I, we were collaborating, but I probably like overstepped and like moved things around after she was moving them around. And I'm sure that wasn't fun. And so I thought it would be good to have her on because I was looking to hear, you know, what is this like? I'm a lead designer. And so I want to make sure if I'm helping provide any sort of leadership on projects that I I understand what designers are going through and what it feels like to be hovered because that's going to help me do a better job. Um, but I also think that what she talks about offers up some really great advice to people who are feeling hovered over and what they can do to sort of enter into a more positive collaborative environment. And at the end of the day, she basically just says like, you know, this solver monster comes out and that solver monster, monster is slayer. Monst- monster slayer. Sorry. Yes. The problem solver, uh, monster slayer, uh, is just wielding empathy and understanding yeah. both sides. You know, that, that has to be the environment that you're working in. Because then it's, you can just kind of work however. You know, you can see those Figma cursors coming in. If there's an understanding that everybody's here to just collaborate and it's more of a conversation, it's not a, you know, a one-way street. And she does a great job of unpacking that for us. I When I think of um, hovers in pop culture, I want to go Marvel again, but I don't want to be tedious. So what I'm going to say is um the vampire council and what we do in the shadows <laughs> yeah i just started watching the new season oh, so dude <laughs> just like a bunch of just robed just robed uh, vampires hooded so fucking funny man <laughs> um what's your favorite uh nandor line john it's yeah it's nandor what? whenever whenever uh he gets a little peeved by someone he just lets out the the classic fucking guy (laughs) and I lose it every time he says that you know there was how I fell into this show too uh, 
it was about a year ago or so and I had never watched it and my wife went out of town for like almost a week and it's just me at home chilling with our two dogs two cats not much human contact <laughs> especially during the pandemic and I just binged this show and they no joke like they became my friends oh yeah and I wanted to hang out with them and it like gave me so much company and so now every time I watch it there's this like comfort that comes with it and I just laugh like literally like every line I'm just cracking up by they're myself. your buds and it's it's the best I, they're my buds I do want to hang out with them like <laughs> I just for so for those who don't know what we do in the shadows is a spin-off uh television show of the movie what we do in the shadows um directed by uh Taika Waititi and written by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement uh Jermaine Clementi mm-hmm. Jermaine Clement um anyways that la- that last fella uh <laughs> Jermaine Clement uh show runs this show and it's essentially the office but vampires um yep. and it's just fucking hilarious and it follows yeah. a you know a group of vampires just trying to make it in the big city and you know what they're just trying to hold their own it's so funny you know, make a name for themselves yeah <laughs> staten island is that what it is yeah is it staten island yeah is that where it takes place yeah. <laughs> we need a fact we need a fact checker on these episodes i know something like that something like but that. it's it's hilarious yeah yeah one of one of them is a, is an energy vampire for those of you who haven't watched it and he's a pretty amazing character we actually thought that like that could potentially be a monster of design uh we have some ideas for a vampire related monster might not be that but he's an interesting character in there we all know give it a, give it a try dude we've all experienced <laughs> being an energy vampire <laughs> sorry we've experienced an energy vampire and honestly i have felt like a energy vampire sometimes with people when i like mm-hmm. start talking about star trek you know when people are like jesus this fucking guy like depends on the crowd man depends on the crowd um i'm all ears we could talk about the science behind spore drives all day and i would be a happy camper dude, it's great um <laughs> so- by the way when does that let's just keep going down that tangent for one more second when does you know star trek about. discovery star trek discovery when comes come back out? season four drops november 18th Dude, I am I can't wait. so fucking ready. Yeah. Um, for Star Trek Discovery, disco. Seriously, as we call it's it, it's like one of the best Star Treks out there, in my opinion. I, love I mean, it. it's I, it's it's hard to say like it's better than like Next Gen or whatever, but it's different. It's wildly different than Next Gen, and it is like the perfect evolution of Star Trek into something just so cinematic, sci-fi to the T. It's just and gay. It's as a gay brilliant. dude yeah. who grew up with Star yeah. Trek, man, I appreciate um, the amount of queer characters on that show. And they're just. Totally. And Star Trek's great because um, it's all about folks solving problems. It's, it's yep. not necessarily about spaceship battles and um, big, you know, stuff like that, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But. Um, I freaking love Star Trek because it celebrates people's capacity to solve problems uh, mm-hmm. collaboratively as well, um, which I think is hugely yeah. important. Um, it's freaking great. It also, I think, does a good job of, of, you know, painting the picture that when you have a very diverse set of people, the problem-solving capacity exponentially yep. increases. Yep. And I think that's really cool. And what's what's neat about the nature of something sci-fi is that it's not only on like that personal level, you know, like the human experience, the diversity within human experience, but within alien experience. Because we think, you know, there's there's you know certain divisions that we have as a culture, but those divisions would exist between different species on different planets. So it really has to pull in people from all across the universe and the galaxy and everything. So it's it's pretty amazing, you know, when it when it shows that cuz it's like if we could do it there then we can do it as a human species, you know. And, and it's it's so uplifting and encouraging. And in Star Trek Discovery, the USS Discovery runs on mushrooms. So so everybody like just that should be enough for you. It's mm-hmm. a it's a sh- spore drive. drive. It's great. Um 
I, and I'm pushing for some company, Ernie Ball, whoever, to make a pedal called the Spore Drive. Because I think that would be amazing. And I think Star Trek fans are definitely, you know, that, very much part of the music scene. That'd be sick. I would buy that pedal. Fuck yeah. I want to see a Spore Drive pedal. So if anybody out there is listening who works for some company that makes guitar pedals, please make John the Spore Drive pedal. I will buy it. Do it. Do it. Thank you. So, end of PSA. End of PSA. Um, so, episode four, we yeah. tackled burnout with the help of Emily Shaw. Um, yes. Burnout. That is, boy, that is one we have encountered yeah. a lot in the past. Uh, it is a going very destructive fire setting monster yeah oh yeah we can all yeah we can all relate with it i mean this is just widespread this is definitely not just design but it's a term that we use in design a lot because it's really easy for us especially in this remote world to put in those overtime hours to work those weekends to not stand up for ourselves and say i i got a clock out at this time today yeah um or i just can't work the weekend it's gonna crush me or if you just have to push through something because that's what the team's doing and they're like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna push through this, then to just be honest and say, I need some time off. I need some days, I need to recoup. Um, things that you can do throughout your day, going for walks. I mean, Emily just gives us so many different things that maybe we've thought of, but I think she really gives us permission. And that comes from someone who's a brand design manager. Yep. I think she even got promoted. Oh, did she? Too, which, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what the title is, but, you know, she's the kind of person that just, she kills it. I worked with her. We were both art directors at a company called MindBody, mm-hmm. um, health and wellness service booking app. And she was so awesome to work with. And I think we really became, you know, good friends through that experience uh, because we, like, we love our job. We love doing what we do. But I think we also knew, like, we we had to kind of stand up for ourselves and, um, make sure that we didn't burn out and that was just like a constant thing because because we loved our job so much it wasn't necessarily it was always someone saying you got to work later whatever we just wanted to put in the extra effort and i think that's another thing we need to be aware of too that the extra effort sometimes isn't more hours behind the computer the extra effort is taking care of yourself because the work's going to be better for it you know yes exactly um and it's it's often difficult too because i know for me i get locked in these cycles where i think the solution is to work more um when especially if i'm trying to solve a particular problem when often the best solution is to actually step away um and rest Mm -hmm. and do something because when you're doing that your subconscious is working um the ability to step away from the work uh re-energizes you um and uh increases your capacity to solve that problem i think um and when i'm thinking about when i'm thinking about like the epitome of burnout i think dobby the house elf who is a victim of burnout and you know what sometimes y'all we just need somebody to give us a sock so we can just like (laughs) not totally if you're a Dobby, look for the Harrys. Yeah. That's what I got to say. Look for a Harry, Matt. No, okay. So um, <laughs> anyways, just find your sock, whatever that is. Yeah, you know, find your sock. Find your sock. For me, it's um, lately it's been uh, a lot of sci-fi, whether it's a game or um, a show. I'm watching, I've been re-watching Battlestar Galactica and watching foundation and the ability to enter into an imagined world that's not this one mm-hmm. um does kind of regenerate me um john totally john what's same. what's something that you do to sort of like yeah get out of like what's a restful I, regenerative activity for you i grew up in a very musical household my grandma started a music store my mom was a music teacher and music has just always been that thing that has allowed me to really escape. I mean, it's one thing to sit down and watch some really good sci-fi and just, you know, escape a little bit. But when I'm, I'm a very sort of like, I I like want to do something kind of person, but I'm also an introvert. And so playing music, writing music, recording music, that's like my favorite. And I'm, I'm just gonna, 
mentioned that the song actually is something that I made on this. Maybe I oh, should. Oh, yeah, you should fucking. No! <laughs> Do you see this, everybody? So our monster theme song is something that I, I, I you did. I made. Now I, I made that song. So, John, I'm gonna podcast theme I'm song. I'm gonna toot your own horn. Uh, no, 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 we don't need. To oh, do that. I don't need. So, oh, really? <laughs> you son of a fuck. And the thing is, so I can. I don't want to turn into an egomaniac, man. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> say this really briefly, and I'm gonna challenge you not to delete this. Um, John is an amazing artist. Um, if please check out an album he made under uh, Geneseo. Is that how I pronounce that? Geneseo, Geneseo. Modern Fate. Um, it's G E N E S E O. It is a great little album. I've listened to it a bunch. That's all I'm gonna say because John is gonna burst into flames from discomfort. Thank you, sir. So we're gonna now move on <laughs> to. Um, uh, 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 our what is it? Our last one, right? Which is process with John Delman. Fun, fun fact about Geneseo because oh. a lot of people are like, what, what, "Yes, what, please what, talk what about it." So, uh, next May will be my ten-year wedding anniversary with my wife, oh. and we are very much romantics. And so, we got married out in Paso Robles in California. And when you're heading up 101, you take the 46 east, mm-hmm. and you get off at Geneseo and that road what? takes you to a house where we got married so that's are you serious and it means it means beautiful valley Hell. so it's very much like that's where that the name Geneseo comes from if anybody's wondering oh my that's god that's so fucking cute yeah get the yeah. fuck out of here man oh yeah Thank you for telling me that. I have a new new song coming Ooh. out on Halloween. What's that? I'm going to just plug. Oh, now that you God. gave me some confidence, I'm plugging it now. It's called Help Wanted, and it's about, uh, I think, you know, we're going through a really tough time right now, and I need to go into it in depth. But it's it's hard, man. Like, a lot of people don't see eye to eye. We're, we're, we've been split as a country in so many ways, and this pandemic has really made a lot of that stuff harder for us to deal with and you know i think as a problem solver as a designer i i want to look for ways to do that and the song is really just you know it's called help wanted i think we all need to realize that we need a little bit of help and we need to look to each other for that wherever we stand on what are the whatever the issue is if we can start to like just recognize that and be like you know what we don't agree but like what can we do like how can we like come together in this stuff how can we we respect each other a little bit more um that's what that song's about cool and that anyways i'm gonna stop talking because now i'm now i'm now you're self-conscious soapboxing like crazy but and that comes out in a few weeks october 31st yeah um please check out everybody please check out john's album it's actually it's pretty fucking great um thanks just click one song and you'll get you'll get the vibe and just <laughs> dive into the vibe. Um, Chilled out electro stuff. I love it. I really do. It's good driving music. So monster process. number... Process. Monster number process. Number five. With John Delman. Yep. John Delman. Design director, Twitter. Director, comma, product design. I think technically. But he doesn't care about titles. And um, he only cares about... Which is his nature. Doctor Who, which is... Yeah, he cares about Doctor Who. great. And he cares about process. He sees process as a way that he solves the, the monster, the concept known as process, is by coming at it from a perspective that is much more gray and not so black and white, which, you know what? It might be, might be the reason why our monster slayer is, is, is monotone, mm. is gray. Uh, because there's a gray area, I think, in all this stuff, and especially in process. And he actually sees it as like a Frankenstein, like Frankenstein's monster. Um, he sees it as something that's a little bit hodgepodge that people mm-hmm. are really afraid of, but really, like the real monster is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And if we could just, you know, understand process and not fear it, that it would be a lot easier for us to deal with you know it doesn't have to be something that's so fundamental and it doesn't have to be something that almost feels non-existent and it's gonna take shape it's gonna feel hodgepodge depending on the project you're working on and it should and it should feel like it's something that might need to evolve as you're going through it and so he talks about that and he really dives into it i mean he's 
like I said, he's a design director at Twitter. And so he gets this shit inside and out. Uh, he was previously at uh, Wayno and was an executive creative director there. I know he doesn't care about titles, but that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then Wayno became part of Twitter. And so he's had a lot of really awesome experience. Uh, he was my manager for a short time. So I, I can you know attest to the fact that he knows what he's doing and he's really in tune with his team mm-hmm. and the process that that team needs to take to solve problems. Yep. And um, yeah, uh, it's I for with process, I often real that's one of the ones I'm constantly relearning because um, process always feels like an uphill climb and um getting comfortable with that uphill climb um is man for me it's so much of the challenge and like i said it's not like i've i climbed the peak once and i was like now i know how to do process it's like every project everything requires its own process um and yeah so i i i appreciated his insights um and uh yeah it was, it, was, it, was, it was great chatting with him talking to him about all of the process we struggled on naming that one for a little bit and john just kept like doubling down on it process is scary enough <laughs> like the word process when we hear it we're like oh god like this is going to be cumbersome and so we just left it we added an s because we made kevin made it look a little bit like a snake we thought that was fun but that's why it just stayed process because it can be scary on its own um much like burnout in a way you know that word is just what it is yeah um so yeah those are our five episodes those are our five guests and we really feel like those five guests have embodied this monster slayer known as solver because they are you know amazing problem solvers they've helped us tackle some really great issues some really interesting monsters and we are really looking forward to talking to some, some more people in the industry. Let us know. And hit us up on Twitter. Like if you if you want to be on the show and you have something to say, you have a monster in mind. Honestly, let's let's, let's do, talk do it. because we're we're excited to talk to everybody. Yeah. yeah. We're we're, we're uh, we got some exciting folks coming up, so please so please get in line. Talk to us. Yeah. Not get in line, we're not super popular, but like you know what I mean? Come, come to us. Start the line. Start the line. Um, so, when I think of process, I know the easy one is to go to Doctor Frankenstein, um, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say it, man. I'm gonna have to make this about foundation. I think process is Harry Seldon. Ooh, I like you it. You know, so the idea of foundation is Harry Seldon is. Um, written a mathematical equation that describes the fall of this galactic empire that's spread across thousands of systems Mm -hmm. and um he there is no way to stop the fall of galactic civilization you can only uh mitigate mitigate. and there's a whole process there so i think harry selden um he's my little avatar for process i also just watched the episode so we so not only did we uh did we talk about these monsters not only did we talk about uh you know scope creep egomaniac the hover burnout and process but we also you know we talked about uh loki we talked about the vampire council Mm -hmm. we talked about dobby the house elf we talked about harry selden um I think for Scope Creep, I initially said Crime in Gotham City was Scope Creep. That's right. So I'm gonna, I'm just yeah. gonna stick with that. And Batman, yeah, is a problem solver. Yeah. He's a designer. Batman's a designer. I think is what you yeah. said. Oh, Jesus Christ! Why do I? I think I was stoned for that episode. Um, anyways. By the way, speaking of Batman, I figured out what I'm gonna do for Halloween. At least for like Zoom Halloween. What? Because that's a thing now, right? Like our Halloween parties are over Zoom, so. Check this oh, out. What are you going to do? I got a sweet Batman mask on the way. Oh. Like, like that actually drapes down like a full mask, like a head covering down to the shoulders, past the shoulders mask. And I'm going to set up a scene in my garage because um, 
video guy. I got lights and cameras and shit. Ooh. And I actually bought a smoke machine oh recently. Oh, my God. Uh, fog machine and so I'm gonna like full on set up this scene with lights I'm gonna project something onto the back of my garage and take all my zoom calls as Batman I can't I can't decide if I'm gonna create a scene to be like Gotham City or the Batcave like a rooftop or like the Batcave I might just have to do both but that's my that's my Halloween costume that's brilliant is like an immersive experience that is all my zoom calls I need to be on a call with you on that day yeah. Um, I, I think I'm just going to set up Zoom calls with people all day so I can show it off. I like that idea. That'll be my I need, my day. Yeah. I love Halloween. I need to like get cracking on it though. I I was totally in this like intentional like okay, I'm watching um a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff. So I did House of Blind mm-hmm. Manor. I had seen Hill oh House. Oh god, so good. And then Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. So good. So I was like, okay, that's like my way of entering into the spooky vibes. Um, and then I got derailed with sci-fi, so I need to go back. I think I'm going to go watch Halloween uh, Kills this weekend. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for Halloween. I think I want to, like, I want to go trick-or-treating, but, like, I'm 32, so <laughs> haven't figured out a solution there. Um, I also don't really <laughs> like... I'm not going to eat a lot of candy. Not creepy at all. Yeah, I know. Not creepy like, at all. Okay, Brian. Weirdo. Um... Okay. I need to share. Speaking of costumes and Brian, uh, one year, my, well, my, my my wife and I used to go to uh, 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 Dickens Fest <gasps> in yes. San Francisco. Yes, Cow Palace. When we were living up there, yes. we were living here. I Francisco. love that place. And we showed up one year, and <laughs> Brian was there. The thing is, you know, everyone kind of dresses up like Dickens style, <laughs> like old timey, and you know, whatever Victorian. Uh, Brian shows up <laughs> dressed like Captain Kirk, and he said, "I'm I'm Captain Kirk when he travels back in time to the Victorian era," <laughs> and it was amazing. He had his he was just like decked out, and it, it was honestly I was dying laughing. But that's Brian for you. That's what Brian does. He shows up to Dickens Fest dressed as Captain Kirk. Yep. That's how much you like Star Trek. Yep. Love Star Trek. I would say. Yep. I. Uh, I. Um. Yeah, I did that for Ren Fair and I did it for Dickens Fair, and that is. Uh, I need to reconstitute my um. Kirk Halloween costume. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the things that got lost within the last uh, little bit here due to things. So I. Uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> I need to get it. That was amazing. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Thank you. I yeah. got it. It's it a lot of fun. <laughs> I run once I get a certain reach a certain level of uh, inebriated, I start running through the streets or whatever it is in Dickens Fair or Ren Fair, shouting <laughs> shouting if anybody's seen Spock. <laughs> I did it all. Okay, so <laughs> at some point, I hope we'll all find ourselves back at Dickens Fest. If that's the case. I will dress up as Spock, <gasps> and we will create a scene in front of Fuck everybody. Fuck yeah, I will. Oh god, <laughs> dude, it, that's appearing as Kirk at <laughs> those things is like my love language. All right, we uh, we 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 talked about. I we're there. Yeah, I, we're we're there. Yeah. we talked about this episode just being like thirty minutes. And yeah, it's it's almost an hour. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So I I I will say just to wrap it up. And kind of bring it all yeah. all around. I think for Halloween, um, I should go as Romantic Vader. Ooh, I like it. Just like, like he's it. just trying to... Wa- Weekend Vader. Week- Weekend Vader. I'm trying to decide, is it Weekend Vader yeah. or Romantic Vader? Yeah, I, I don't know. Question. I don't know. I think, the, I think there's, there's room for both. Yeah. So you got to pick one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> um one one last thing too, uh, we we have a lot of really cool stuff up on our store. Uh, we got a new hoodie; it's pretty sweet on there. We got stickers for every monster. We'll have a new sticker for our Monster Slayer at some point soon. We got some hats. We got some T-shirts. We even have a long sleeve for burnout. It's got flames down the sleeve. Um, super excited about that because it's just a fun way for us to really celebrate the awesome artwork that Kevin has been creating for us. Um, but we're also we're going to try to figure out a really cool way to Brian is showing me his 
his eyeball pencil t-shirt right now. That's that's the staple. We're getting we're getting some requests for putting that eyeball pencil on more things like a hat. So stay tuned. We may have one of those. But uh, we'd really like to figure out a way to make sure some of our proceeds are going to a really cool charity. Um, and I think we, we may start working with Art with a Heart. And that is an organization that uh, uh, a company called Inch by Inch, which uh, a lot of designers are probably familiar with it, but Inch by Inch uh, is just a really cool company. They make a lot of cool products, uh, primarily pins, and they team up with a lot of really cool artists. And Art with a Heart is something that they work with. Uh, basically, their mission, Art with a Heart's mission, is to uh, what they have is enhance the lives of people in need through visual art. Mm. Something that's just really simple. It's not you know, overly specific to design. But I know that for myself, and I think a lot of people that are in this sort of creative career, uh, whether it's UX design, whether it's film, graphic design, writing, uh, we probably had some sort of artistic experience that a lot of people don't have access to. And I think, you know, more than just empowering someone in their career and their professional life, I think it just does a lot of of, of good for mental health and well-being. And so we're trying to find something that we can really sync up with and make sure that if we're if we're taking anything, if we're taking money from people for making this merch, we want to make sure that we're trying to funnel some of it to a really cool organization. So stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll let you know, you know, who we're going to specifically start working with. But whether it's Art With A Heart or not, you should check them out. It's artwithaheart.net and give to them directly find out how you can help them because they're they're a really amazing organization fuck yes all right yeah. well with that folks we're gonna leave you um mm-hmm. please uh fare thee well um take the uh monster slayer <laughs> solver with you into your battles yes um yes. and please we invite you to think how does Darth Vader fuck? I mean, how does <laughs> the solver help you? Yes, um, yes. We will see you next month. Next season. Next season, season two. two. Season one. November. Six episodes. Season two. Yep. Six, six episodes. I almost lost count. Mm-hmm. I don't do math. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Be well, everybody. Okay.